hands all dirty. I dare not lift them up to the Holy One. You plead my Wally Michael Adenema once again on another episode of Grace Wise, your weekly Bible teaching. And it's my privilege to bring you the gospel, the good news of the kingdom of God that is going to bless your hearts as you listen today in Jesus' name. So I'd like to pray. Father, I thank you for your people and I thank you for everyone who is listening. I ask, so God, that you grant unto us the spirit of wisdom and revelation that will receive that life-given word with meekness as we listen in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Alright, so um, I must uh, commence by saying firstly that I must apologize for not bringing GraceWise constantly in the last one month plus. And the month of uh, October, we only brought one episode of GraceWise. So from uh, October down to uh, this first week of November, when I'm doing this uh, broadcast, uh, Grace Wise has not been coming constantly weekly. So, great apologies, uh, sincere ap- apologies to you about that. And uh, by God's grace, and we working at it, it will be constant, constant henceforth. All right. So, thank you very much. And um, I want to say to you that this teaching today is very important. It has been on my heart for more than two months, about two months, I should say. And um, I'll be doing the part three on the topic Revelation Killers. Revelation Killers. Okay? And um, please, I'd like you to think because it's something rare to see people having deep thoughts about scriptures in the body of Christ. Uh, people think it's it's not a, a holy thing to give your, your mind to thinking. But if we are going to be like our God, our God is a thinking God. You know, in the book of uh, Isaiah chapter 1 verse 18, it says that, Come now, let us reason together. So God wants you to reason with him. In the book of Jeremiah 29 verse 11, popular scripture, people don't look at the first part of it, which says, I know the thoughts that I have towards you. 
I know the thought. So God is a thinking God. And even Psalm 92 verse 5 goes further to say, Oh God, how great are your works. Your thoughts are very deep. So God doesn't just think. He has very deep thoughts. And Apostle Paul said that we should be imitators of Christ. So we are supposed to be imitators of this thinking uh, God. This thinking Father that we have. That gave birth to us. So I'll ask that you think along with me as I share the scriptures because um, systematically Christians are thought most times not to think any uh, interpretation of the Bible you hear uh, from someone standing behind the pulpit must be accurate because they are the people uh, that have the only that are the only ones that have the accurate interpretation of scriptures but that's not true God has ordained leaders and God has also give you, given you the Holy Spirit which is to guide you in who is to guide you into all truth so the Holy Spirit is supposed to help you to know that these things are not true, these things are true, these things are not right, these things are right. Majorly by helping you to see what the Bible says, even by yourself. Because Jesus said that the Holy Spirit shall teach you, shall bring you into remembrance of all things that I've said. So the Word of God, the Holy Spirit brings you into remembrance of the Word of God, teaches you the Word of God. So I would like you to uh, go along with me. And I'm continuing, I want to uh, further on this thought about this man in the book of John chapter 9, who was born blind from his uh, from birth. And uh, something about him struck the disciples as they passed by him. And they said, Master, who sinned his father, his mother, or this man himself, for him to be born blind? And Jesus went ahead and said, It is not a matter, it's not a matter of sin by this man, his parents, no. And Jesus went ahead to heal this man. Okay? So these people, uh, their, their system of thinking... Uh, was interrupted because they they thought that if a person had problems, it must be due to sin. That anybody that is in any form of cap- of captivity must be a lawful captive. But even if it was a lawful captive, God already said already said in His Word, He says that even the lawful captive shall be delivered. Okay, but Jesus said that this man was not bound in, in blindness due to his sin and. That is something that a lot of believers don't have a grasp of. They feel rightly in pains, in, in, in uh, bad situations a lot of times because they have been taught, we have been taught most times that uh, anything bad comes due to your sin. And so we have people that are sin conscious in the body of Christ. They might not accept the fact that they are sin conscious, but when you begin to see the scriptures in the light of, uh, of the New Testament, you understand that God's mission of sending Jesus Christ to die for us once and for all, according to the book of Hebrews, is to deliver us from an evil conscience of sin consciousness. Alright, let me not divert, but so let's go ahead. So when this man got delivered, Jesus firstly had to tell the disciples it's not a matter of sin. But some people were not there when Jesus said that. These are the people that are his neighbors, his uh, spiritual leaders, his parents, his society, didn't, they were not privy to that conversation of Jesus Christ with the disciples who said it's not a matter of sin. So this man was delivered, but he still had to go back to people. He found himself going back to people who still had the mindset of sin is the reason behind your captivity, behind your sickness, behind your pain, behind your uh, limitations, behind your delay. Sin is the is all the only thing. Can sin be? Yes, it can be, but Jesus clearly showed that you can be in a situation where sin is totally not the reason why you are in that situation. Alright? So this man got healed and people doubted he was really healed. Let's look at the, the word of God in um, John 
where I'm, I'm speaking from, John chapter 9, and we're going to read a lengthy portion of scripture in this John chapter 9 to, for you to see what happened to this man after he got his deliverance. Now, let me say something about, about this. It is very important that this, you, you notice that this man was delivered, but he still had to fight a battle with ideas, imaginations. No, the Bible says that the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds, casting down imaginations and high things, every item that exalts itself against the knowledge of God. So what are we supposed to fight against? We are fighting against imaginations. So they were going to cripple this man back into his blindness by making him see a, an issue of sin if this man did not win the battle. Because they started fighting with his imaginations. His neighbors, his spiritual leaders, his friends, they started fighting his imagination. The same imagination that he had to drop before he got delivered. They, they were trying to drag him back into that imagination. Many Christians have been delivered from one thing or the other. They've seen themselves delivered. They prayed at a time. They got healed of one sickness or someone prayed for them. And they got dragged back. And that's why they said, I saw this miracle uh, in the past before. Why can't I see a repetition of this miracle in my life today? This is the key. Think along and see the key reason why Christians see miracles today and no miracle tomorrow. Alright? So, John chapter 9, in the uh, New King James Version, I'll be reading. I'll read from um, verse 8. So, please follow me with, with, your, with your mind, with all your heart here. It says, Hallelujah. It says, Therefore, the neighbors and those who previously had seen this thing that he was blind said, It is is not this he who was who sat and begged some said this is he others said is like him he said i am he therefore they said to him how were your eyes open he answered and said a man called jesus made clear and anointed my eyes and said to me go to the pool of siloam and wash so i went and washed and received my sight then they said to him where is he he said i do not know they brought him who was formerly blind to the pharisees now it was sabbath when jesus made the clay and opened his eyes then the pharisees also asked him again how is how he had received the sight he said to them how he put clay on my eyes and i washed and i see therefore some of the pharisees said this man is not from god because he does not keep the sabbath others said how can a man who is a sinner do such signs and there were, was a division amongst them. I mean, verse 16. Look at something. Let me pause here. So we see that there was this, uh, a dispute among those that had known him before. The people around him, his peers, his neighbors. Then this went down to even the spiritual leaders, the Pharisees. There was also a dispute about how this man got healed. So you can see two category of people, categories of people. The neighbors and the peers. And now the spiritual leaders. Okay? So let's read from verse uh, 17 they said unto the blind man again what do you say about him because he opened your eyes he said he's a prophet but the jews did not believe concerning him that he had been blind and received the sight until they called the parents of him who was who received the sight and they asked him saying is this your son they asked them saying is this your son who you say was born blind how then does he now see his parents answered them and said we know that this is our son and that he was born blind but by what means he now sees we do not know or who opened his eyes we do not know he's of age ask him he will speak for himself his parents said this 
things because they feared the Jews. For the Jews had agreed already that if anyone confessed that he was Christ, he would would be put out of the synagogue. Therefore, his parents said, he is of age, ask him. I mean, verse 23. So look, look at something there. So the dispute went from neighbors and parents to spiritual leaders to the parents. And the parents were not going to uh, say the truth about the fact that something had happened miraculously because they feared the Jews. And the Jews had said, if you declare Jesus as Christ, you will be put away from the synagogue. You will be ostracized. You will be excommunicated. So they, they prefer to stick to the societal norms and to stick to acceptance, public acceptance. Because, you know, being on your own is not a sweet thing. Everybody likes acceptance. Everyone wants acceptance. But when the acceptance you are, you are seeking for will cost you the truth, then brethren, people of God, then let the acceptance go on its own and choose the truth that is in Christ Jesus. Hallelujah. So you, you see here that people can uh, stick to religious convictions not because they see it as truth but because they need the populace that, that, that draws that same opinion to, to be in love with them, to be in agreement with them. So let's go ahead in verse 24. It says, So they again called the man who was blind and said to him, Give glory to give God the glory. We know that this man is a sinner. He answered and said, Whether he's a sinner or not, I do not know. One thing I know that though I was blind, now I see. So they went from uh uh the Pharisees went from uh dispute to character assassination, began to speak ill of Jesus Christ. See, when people can't dispute the word of truth, when people can't dispute uh, the truth of the, the gospel then they need to dispute the character of the preacher of that truth let's go ahead let, let me not go ahead of myself okay so um, we are in verse 26 then they said to him again what did he do to you how did he open your eyes he answered them I told you already and you did not listen why do you want to hear it again do you also want to become his disciples then they reviled him and said, You are his disciple, but we are of Moses. Sorry, we are Moses' disciple. We know that God spoke to Moses. As for this fellow, we do not know where he is from. Look at that. So they went from character assassination to factionalization. From character assassination to factionalization. So they, they said, We are of Moses. What does the Bible say about that? The Bible says that John said, in John chapter 1 verse 17, it says that the law was given by Moses, but grace and truth came by Jesus Christ. So you can see that there is already a, a differentiation here. There's already a, a pattern of sides here. So that means that these people were holding on to the law's system while Jesus represented grace system because clearly Jesus came with grace which is truth grace and truth hallelujah so people of God in in the people that you've been hearing teaching the grace of God including myself one thing you will know is this when people want to counter what people 
preach about the grace of God, what the truth, what, we, what truth we're bringing about the grace of God. One thing they usually try to do is character assassination. They don't address the points of the scriptures we are bringing to prove the word of God's grace. What they do is character assassination. Look into the person's past. Look into they, they, they say some things, then they go into lies. So they have to lie to assassinate the person's character. Person's character. Even Jesus Christ that was without sin, they said he was a sinner. Can you, can you see that? So, these things, there is nothing new under the sun, the, the book of Ecclesiastes said. So, the, the things that they did to Jesus Christ, Jesus said that if they persecuted you, they will persecute me. So, if you're going to preach what Jesus Christ stands for, you're going to get character assassination, lies about you, against you, lies against the people that are preaching the word of grace. And you need to be wise as people of God. You need to be thoughtful. Ask yourself, um, did I ask these people to... Give me the character background of this person that is speaking or I ask about the scriptures that this person spoke about. People of God, we need to be thinking people. And when there is revelation about to dawn in your heart, these are the challenges that you're going to face. But this man that was born blind and was healed by Jesus Christ overcame this challenge. And we as Christians, we must overcome this challenge so that we can receive revelation of what Jesus has for, for us in the word of God. Okay, so let me go ahead uh, in this word, I'm almost done uh, reading. Please uh, follow. This will bless your heart as you begin to think along with me. Okay? And in verse uh, 30, it says, The man answered and said, I'm reading, of course, John chapter 9, verse 30. The man answered and said to them, Why? This is a marvelous thing that you do not know where it is from. Yet, he has opened my eyes. Now we know that God does not hear sinners. But if anyone is a worshipper of God and does his will, he hears him. Since the world began, it was never on it has never been sorry, it's since the world began, as it's been unheard of that anyone opened the eyes of one who was born blind. If this man were not from God, he would do nothing. Look at that. So this man, after he heard the character assassination, after he heard the fractionalization. Then he went into what is called sanctified imagination. So he said, okay, I don't know much scripture, but let us think about it. He said that this man is a sinner. But what he did right now, no one has ever done. Then he began to reason. See, people of God, you might not know all the scriptures, and no one knows all the scriptures of heart. Okay? But one thing I can tell you is this. There is something you can apply. It's called sanctified imagination. And you, you see me using it in making illustrations. And I don't have time to give an example. But this man went in and said, okay, if, let me give an example. Let me try. Holy Spirit, help me. If you say somebody uh, is preaching lies, is not representing the grace of God rightly, wouldn't it be right for you to show a scripture to prove that? Rather than castigating the person's imagination, the person's uh, character. Why don't you say, okay, well, this person might be saying something that I don't agree with, but this is the scripture I'm going to use to prove it. And you should rightly counter the person's uh, the person's interpretation of, of scripture with other scriptures not with opinions not with uh, well our spiritual leader said no your spiritual leader's opinion is not going to count in heaven bible says forever oh lord your word is settled in heaven what is settled in heaven is the word your spiritual leader's opinion that man of god's opinion that woman of god's opinion that person that discipled you's opinion is not settled in heaven <laughs> hallelujah what counts is the word of God. So let's go ahead here. So this man went into sanctified imagination. And look at the conclusion here in verse 34 of John chapter 9. It says, they, that is the, the Pharisees, they answered and said unto him, you were completely born in sins and you are teaching us. And they cast him out. 
Can you see that? So the word cast him out is the Greek word which we use in, in the English word as excommunicate. So they excommunicated this man, but before they did that, they said you were completely born in your sin. Can you see that the same thing Jesus Christ removed in the beginning of this chapter, in John chapter 9, uh, let me see the verse, uh, in verse 3, where Jesus said nobody sin, not this man, not his parents. The same thing is the thing that these this Pharisees, these spiritually, that still put back on him. A lot of people go to church this same way, when Jesus Christ has removed condemnation from their life. What Jesus has said to them, there is therefore now no condemnation to you who are in Christ Jesus. Who is not walking after what you see in your flesh, but after what you see in the spirit. What do you see in the spirit? Jesus said the words that I speak unto you, they are spirit and they are truth. The word of God is the spirit that shows you who you are. It shows you who you are in Christ as he is, as Christ is perfect, so are you. If you walk in that line, there is no condemnation for you. The same thing that Jesus Christ has said you are delivered from, if you start listening to people who tell you that you are back, you are, you are, no, you are not delivered from it, <laughs> then you will never begin to get revelation. See, that is the beginning of revelation. It will, if you begin to embrace this truth, it will give you a deluge, a flood of revelation of the love of God for you, people of God. And this is how revelations are killed in people's heart. I'd like to stop here, and I believe that this word has blessed you. Thank you, Father, for your word. Thank you, Father, for your truth. Please, I want you to think on this thing. Go into the word of God. On these scriptures I've shared today, just in John chapter 9, and think and think and let the Holy Spirit teach you. Ask the Holy Spirit to teach you. Pray. Because that is one of the works of the Holy Spirit. Thank you, Father, for your love for us. Just receive the love of God for you today. God loves you eternally. And if you've never received Jesus in your life, just say, Father, I, I come to you today. I accept that Jesus is the way to you. And I receive Jesus as my Lord and Savior. In Jesus' name. Amen. If you said that prayer, I'd like you to do me a mail on gracewisepodcast at gmail.com. Or if you've been blessed, do me a mail on gracewisepodcast at gmail.com. Let me hear from you and let me uh, see what God is doing in your life. God bless you mightily for listening. Stay blessed now and always in Jesus' mighty, precious name. Amen. Amen.